I never really got that as a child. I was like, wait a minute. Like, the dreams get out of my dreams, get into my car? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like being in the dreams is better. What are you going to do in the car? Go to the mall? (laughs) And then he's like, get out of my car, get into my life. It's like, okay, I understand. I guess now I just don't understand why we had to stop in the car first. Yeah, like, why was the car the middle ground between yeah, like, yeah. the dreams and his life, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> is that what, like, purgatory is? <laughs> that's what a car... It was a, That song is actually uh, an allegory about traffic and, and, and death. Uh, oh, God. How traffic is death. That's why that... Uh, that musician killed himself at a church. Which musician? Protest. I don't know who who even sang that song. Billy Ocean it's, or something. It's Billy Ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> the father. That was of... a fib. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're ready. <laughs> this episode is being played fast and loose with the truth, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's time for the listener. To define what truth is for themselves. Is it perhaps what is true, what is meant to be true, or what I find to be the funniest thing to say at that moment? (laughs) Which is often abbreviated ATM. Or ass to money. (laughs) Aston Martin. Aston Martin. Yeah, 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 yeah. I drive an ATM. Aston Martin. They call it that because it costs an Aston. You gotta cough up an Aston of Martins, as they call it. Martin Van Buren. He was a president. He's not on money, but other presidents are. Benjamin Franklin wasn't a president, but he's on money. He also has two names. Martin Van Buren has three. That's a whole other name. Martins are better than Benjamins. So stack those Martin kids and you can get yourself an Aston Martin. You could also get yourself a a banging Martin Whip or BMW. (laughs) What the Germans call a banging Martin Vip or BMV. De Bangen Martin Vip. <laughs> a, a, a term people are only recently getting to know is the term for taking pleasure in someone else's audible fart or a Bangen Martin. <laughs> people are only now learning about the common expression Bangen Martin. Which means your pleasure at the slight discomfort of someone else's flatulence. Public flatulence. (laughs) All right, let's talk about people dying because other people are weird. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
nothing to write home about Maybe if he had kept the money lenders out There might be some kind of urgency to the show To love my neighbour like I love exonerating doubts Was blinded now that I can See the townsfolk laugh at me Cause I don't look like them You haven't cured their blindness yet Elliot Page You heard about this, folks? You heard about this? True story here. True story. So actor Kumail Nanjiani uh, Who I think think uh, no i don't know but either way posted i've been a fan of elliot's for a very long time and i'm excited to see him continue his fantastic work in the years to come and so steven crowder who likes to get louder in his tweets uh you know who he is right of the he's he's been memefied with the uh the change my mind guy Oh, you know, yeah, like, yeah, 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 who's yeah. like, I believe it was like, I don't know, I think it was an anti-trans thing he said, or it might have been any stupid conservative talking point he was talking about, change. went on a college campus to debate <laughs> fucking 19-year-olds, you know, like, uh, he tweeted, fact check, Ellen Page has a great resume, Elliot has as many film credits as Caitlyn Jenner has gold medals. So what's fascinating here is in his pedantic idiocy, all right, in his freaking verbal banging Martin, if you will. Uh, no, it's like verbal flatulence. Uh, he's, he's admitting that a person can like claim a different identity. <laughs> this is what I think is so funny. Is that he doesn't even realize he's actually arguing against his former self who wouldn't change his mind. Hmm. Uh, He's like somehow trying to claim that uh, that Elliot has is like in trying to diminish Elliot's identity as a man or as an individual. Really, uh, he's like kind of he's like he's toying he's playing with the idea that they're, they're that they're, uh, this is a horribly thought out thing. But you get the humor. Don't put this in the pod. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because like the thing about the thing about all this is is that everybody <clears throat> everybody's got to sound off on it everybody feels like incumbent upon it feel like they feel like it's incumbent upon them to sound off on this shit that they know nothing about because the thing mm-hmm. is is that like when it comes to trans stuff right i don't understand a lot of the 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 kind of theory behind it like i i mean i get it like i have trans friends and they tell me they just explain to me like their their situation and whatever, or and I I just accept it. I don't have to like know the ins and outs of how it works. I don't have to know uh, like what the theory behind it is because I mean I, I like to know about theory and stuff. I like to read theory, but I don't have to know to be able to accept. So it's funny when people go like, yeah, but what about this? And like they, they point out the con- they point out what they perceive as contradictions in some sort of argument, like 
they're the first ones to notice contradictions in the world. And you want to be like, but like, who cares? Like, what the fucking <laughs> difference does it make to your life? You know, it's like they, they're, they're invested. The thing is, is that I understand that like a lot of people go, yeah, because they're invested in this idea of straightness or whatever. But it's like, but are they even? No, like, they're not. Yeah. They're invested in the idea of being <clears throat> contrary to like social trends and stuff like right, that. Right. You know, they, they, uh, they're just, they're just gay bashing. You know, yeah, like yeah, it's a, yeah. it's just uh, patriarchy. It's it's prejudice. It's like all the same thing. It's just that by trying to uh, like by by moving the battle to this front of the nuances of like uh, gender fluidity in a highly gendered society. Uh, you know, it's like should we let the uh, you know, boy, a transgendered man, like, wrestle on a high school wrestling team or something like that. Mm. It's like, well, you know, we you're starting from a place of, like, already, like, separated genders and stuff like that. And, and now you want to introduce the notion of, like, uh, eliminating, like, these separations of genders uh, without... Uh, you know, with, without at all addressing like the the society that it separated them. I mean, this is a bad. See, this is bad. This is you're you're bad. Why would you make me talk? You're bad. I know this um, is this is what I mean. Is that like what the, the as soon as uh, you're, if someone who isn't trans starts yeah. like sounding off about transness, it's just like you have nothing to say about it. So all you like, you know what I mean? Like I don't have anything intelligent to say. About I do. It's let them <laughs> let let them decide. Let's not. We, well, that's we should I mean. not create society social restrictions about being, people being able to live and express themselves uh, as themselves. They shouldn't get fired for it. We shouldn't be creating a social structures where they're getting put in uncomfortable situations and or like bullied and stuff like that when they shouldn't be, when their mental health is being put under strain that it shouldn't be. You know, if, and if we can do things to kind of alleviate this like why why are we trying to have some sort of uh moral judgment about it yeah but this is my point uh, this is my point is like there's nothing there's nothing uh besides don't be a dickhead that i can say about people sounding off on trans issues it's like what the fuck do you know about it you know and then when they say things like oh but it's just a fact like you know if you're born a man and you have like a dick and balls and you're just a man it's like but you you like i it's like you just want to be like all right well then i'll cut off your dick and balls and then <laughs> what does that make you you know what i mean like let's cut off your dick and balls then you fucking idiots like who cares Get, no I, that's the thing it's all just fetishizing genitalia and stuff yeah i mean and, i love uh, to fetishize genitalia don't get me yeah, wrong yeah yeah you know yeah I mean? but <laughs> like, you're going to finish when, something. When, <laughs> you know, when you know what you're doing, you intend to, you know? <laughs> yeah. If you're just sitting in your flat, this is the thing, man. Coronavirus has just, like, made everybody's brain, like, silly putty. You know what I mean? Like, no one knows what's going on anymore. They've just been sitting around in their apartments, just, like, fucking, like, in their pajamas with their finger up their ass, just sort of, like... Going. I would argue, I would argue that the corona, that the internet made people's brains silly putty, Coronavirus just took it out of the little red container <laughs> That's exactly. and left it on the de in a desk drawer somewhere, and now it's like, 
it's just not the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> left, it on, left it in a desk drawer where it was on top of a copy of the Watchtower, that like, um, like LDS <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? And then everybody's just gone all like an evangel- yeah. evangelical. It imprinted on there. Now you can't stretch it away. It springs back to the touch. No, but really, it does the internet, social media, like, not just social media, but the internet in general, the modern internet, like, it, uh, with them cookies, it, uh, it's really, the degree to which it it creates bubbles is remarkable. Uh, first of all, you have the reinforcing of whatever you're looking for. So uh, not only is it that we use keywords and search terms and stuff like that, so we're likely to find what we're looking for simply Mm. because we're searching for it with particular terms and stuff. Mm. Uh, Like, will vaccines make my baby's thumbs explode? (laughs) There's probably only a certain number of people talking about baby's thumbs exploding. And it's probably not like the uh, the best place you go, you should go to find out about necessarily side effects of vaccines, but I'm sure that you will find. I, I, I bet you right now you could probably find something about people's thumbs exploding. <laughs> yeah. And we're back. <laughs> Do you hit going to the post office? Go to stamps.com. Stop going to the post office. So, Ben, Ben, who are your, who are your guys? Tell me who your guys are. Who are, like, your, your musician, right? Who are, who are your music guys? Who are your guys? Uh, I'm here with Ben. I'm here with Ben Poet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. This is what the heck. Uh, yeah. So, billion dollar idea time. Uh, I'm an iconoclast. I, uh, I disrupt and I build. I, I, I encompass and I eclipse. And, uh, I often come up with these billion dollar ideas that I want to put out there in case someone wants to do them. Uh, we're listening. I don't have time with all my other ventures and stuff. So I'm sure you heard that this company WeWork is doing really well. They're taking advantage of this whole co-workspace thing hmm. that uh, people who work remotely are big fans of in non-pandemic times. Uh, and so they started this company and they moved they, they 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 moved on from simply being a co-working space to being a company that not only buys uh, real estate to create these co-working spaces, but then will buy real estate and lease some of the spaces to small businesses to have spaces to operate their small businesses out of. Uh, Are you doing an advertisement or something? Are we going to get paid for this? It's a new, uh, <laughs> it's a new trend they call landlording, uh, where you purchase a space... And then you lease that space out to businesses uh, under the guise of being a company that's about group, uh, you know, co-shared working spaces, uh, which that idea kind of failed. And they were struggling to make a business just out of 
creating co-working spaces, but they found that when they innovated and transcended and began doing this new activity we call landlording, they were able to generate profit by leasing out the spaces at a higher cost than their cost to own it. Uh, and so I wanted to start a similar business, uh, but you know, following their model, we need to start it as a hip co-working space. And so I wanted your input on it because I know the name is going to be Kulag, the cool gulag, but I didn't know how to, how I should spell that. Should it be C O O L A G or should it be, you know, like, uh, C U L A G, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or C, how about C-O-O-L-G? So it's like got that sort of app abbreviation or C-L. <laughs> I think Kulag. Kulag. <laughs> Just, you know, tired of, tired of punching the clock? Well, take your life into your own hands and step into the Kulag. <laughs> oh. Uh, I already go to one of those every day. I don't need to pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) The Kulag. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't like to think of this as an office. That's why uh, we have so many cereals here. Uh, I like to think of it more of a... Consider yourself more uh, a woofer at a Kulag. You're a willing worker at a Kulag. (laughs) Oh, God. It's time to put the concentration back in concentration. (laughs) This is a... Don't think of this as a meeting room. Think of it as a concentration quarter. (laughs) The Kulag. The Kulag. Coming in 2021. How much are we getting paid for that? That was a great effort. Uh, I've just been promised by uh, Barack Obama that the next time he wants to, uh, you know, come out into the public eye to convince people not to engage in some sort of left-wing activity, uh, that he will, you know, he will give me clout by coming and publicly telling me to stop doing whatever I'm doing. Mm. Mm. So it's probably going to be this podcast, but that's a fitting way to end the podcast. (laughs) Hey, how you doing, guys? Uh, just wanted to say, it's been a great run, but, uh, time to come home. (laughs) (laughs) Come on home. Arms are wide. It's good here. When you're home, you're family. (laughs) Oh. Crazy aunt near Tandon. <laughs> oh God! Don't uh, don't talk to Nira when she's had a couple bottles of the Skinny Girl. <laughs> oh, oh God! Yeah, that's always good news, isn't it? Whenever you hear Neera Tandon's name in the news, you're like, oh, this is going to be fantastic. I mean, I'm, I'm sure whatever she's going to do or say is is going to really enrich the lives of millions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm here and so scared. Release the Kraken. Mm. Uh, <laughs> instead of health care, we release the Kraken. <laughs> oh. I was just thinking something dark that uh, that's like so dark about, so cynical about society and Hollywood and stuff. Uh, was Release the Kraken was the second so Wrath of the Titans movie or the first one? I think it was the second, right? Uh, no, no, it's the first one. The Clash the of the Titans. One? Yeah, Clash yeah. of the Titans. Well, either way, that movie was famous because it was a huge uh, flop commercially, mm. or uh, critically, uh, and people hated it. And like it was panned when it came out, but then it did what every single major Hollywood blockbuster does. Which is make a ton of money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Largely internationally, Hmm. you know, uh, who, like, don't care about American critics and stuff. Uh, They saw the shit out of this horrible movie, and it got a a massive blockbuster sequel, and everyone was like, who asked for this? Like, I could have sworn that uh, this should have lost money or something. And I was just thinking that... Not only were both those movies horrible, but like this, that one line of release the Kraken uh, has just gained cultural relevancy through mm-hmm. like becoming a meme. And now like this thing with the with the Kraken, whatever uh, CIA computer program thing or whatever <laughs> they're doing, uh, it's just gaining relevancy. And I just feel like at some day in like five or ten years, they're going to remake Clash of the Titans again. I will be totally on board for that. You know it's going to happen because like obviously it was a remake, you know, like, uh, and there, like the line release the Kraken is 1000% going to be in the trailer. Yeah. But it's going to be like some like kid. It's going to be like Billie Eilish or something is going to (laughs) be. But she'll do it like this. She'll be like, release the Kraken. And then, uh, and then the beat drops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like ASMR. Block, blockbuster movies are kind of like 5G. It's like no one asked for the next one. You know what I mean? We're on 5 now. And it's like, what was wrong with 4? I was thinking about this. It's like, because people talk about like, oh, yeah, these fucking conspiracy nuts. And you're like, yeah, okay. I mean, they're they're bit, they're nutty. I mean, they're wrong. So it's, like, wrong, and that, that makes them kind of nutty. But also, there's, like, aspects of these kinds of things that are not completely wrong. It's like, well, like, who asked for 5G? It's like, was your phone too yeah. slow? Like, like no, oh, I, mean, I, can't, I can't stream porn when I'm on the bus in, like, one fucking perfect, like, uh, high resolution. So when I'm looking at it on my fucking, like, little four-inch screen, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I have a friend who's, like, main beef with 5G is not, you know, like, the whole conspiratorial uh, wavelengths and stuff. It's just that there's this, like, this much faster internet is just going... It's not going to be used even to give people faster or more powerful internet. No. It's just going to be used to track and control you better, you yeah, know? Exactly. Like, uh, exactly. Uh, but, yeah. Someone pointed out a really uh, fun thing uh, where people are grifting on these uh, 5G and EMF conspiracy theorists mm. and stuff, and they're selling, like, 
cages to put around your router and stuff on Amazon. Right, right, right. There's like a $100 cage right here on Amazon <laughs> that I'm looking at. Large Wi-Fi router. It's just like a metal cage to put around your router. <laughs> God bless Supposedly will save you from not understanding science. Sir, you are the true American in this situation. You're an entrepreneur, you're enterprising, entrepreneurial, and you're taking advantage of really stupid people. <laughs> yeah. True American but hero. <laughs> yeah. Just to bring it back to the lies, like uh, I once heard of someone else doing that where uh, there's like... I heard it on NPR, fake PR, <laughs> FPR for fake <laughs> Puerto Rican. Um, they, uh, there was a story about uh, this company that had started this thing for Christians who supposedly like the Bible or some something they do be like says that uh, it do be like that, um, that because your pets can't uh, acknowledge Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior or whatever, except the Lord, uh, they can never go to heaven. Uh, so when Judgment Day comes... Well, I thought all good dogs went to heaven. No, no, no. That's that's uh, Hollywood elite bullshit. Which FPR. Is code for, okay. Which, right. as we know, is code for Judaism, not yeah. Christianity. <laughs> That's some kind of Jewish thing that all dogs go to heaven. I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, in Christianity, supposedly, according to this story, uh, at least dogs can't go to heaven because they can't uh, accept the Lord. So when Judgment Day comes, they'll be left here with all the other non-believers. And so if you believe in Jesus and you love your dog, then you believe that when Judgment Day happens, you are going to ascend and your dog will be left here. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. As NPR, NPR reported that, uh, you know, whatever, Barkin Martin Industries, uh, Barkin Martin Works, a German company, <laughs> is offering... The opportunity to take care of your dog after Judgment Day. You sign up and pay them a fee. And for this fee, uh, you know, that you will take care of their dog should uh, should judgment befall upon them. Uh, and uh, they have to be here eternally. And so I figure that this is great because not only because <laughs> like let's talk worst case scenario. <laughs> Judgment Day is correct. It happens. All the Christians ascend. You're stuck here now. At least you you've got a bunch of money and dogs. You know <laughs> that's going to be useful. People don't think. Judgment Day is going to be a very rough, post-Judgment Day America, it's going to be very rough. Uh, rough. Or, or you want it to be rough, <laughs> not rough. <laughs> because it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world out there. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, but, alas, a couple weeks later, uh, they there was a retraction and they found out that actually the story was a hoax. Someone was actually being quite funny. 
uh, and pulled one over on, on NPR. That was good. I was into that. Yeah. I'm into that. And it was it was the Lord, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just about to ask, like, who are the people who uh, are so concerned about their dogs that when they go to heaven, their dogs will be stuck behind? I think it's the same kind of people who would name their dogs. Uh, they'd give them like really human names, like really boring human names, like. I'm really worried about my dachshund Susan. <laughs> what is Susan going to do? <laughs> you know, like... I actually love that. I don't know many people yeah. that do that. Yeah. Jory, Jory does it. Like their dogs are named Phil and Charlie. <laughs> no, Charlie is too. That that's like a believable dog name. You got to give it a name like Kevin or like you know, <laughs> what I mean? like you know what I mean. It can't be old timey in any way because then it kind of makes sense, like Arthur or something like that. Even something that people are still named. But you got to call it like Gertrude. Yeah, yeah. No, again, like it's got to be like more boring and normal, like like Dave Helen. or like, yeah. yeah, yeah, Dave. <laughs> yeah, Dave. <laughs> I actually, if I get a dog, I was gonna name him partially Peter. I was thinking about Peter. Yeah, but uh, he loved dogs. Yeah, all, he loved all animals. Did but you it's remember? Be, did you uh, tell you the story of when he was Leon? Uh, no, I don't know particularly. Uh, he used to like, he used to hang out with stray dogs when he was in college and he was like always high and he'd go and like buy like a bunch of steaks and like hang out with dogs and just like throw bits of steak at these dogs <laughs> and like <laughs> eat raw meat with them and stuff like a fucking Where psychopath. does he find these dogs? <laughs> I don't know. It was... There was... Back then, there was a dog skid row. I mean, it was the, it was like what, before the Giuliani. <laughs> yeah, before Giuliani cleaned up the town, there were dogs. Uh, <laughs> oh god! You couldn't walk down Forty Second Street. Yeah. Without the dogs hollering at you. This is my this is my uh, my hamster Emily, and uh, I'm really worried about her. I mean, when Jesus comes back. And brings me to heaven. Who's gonna Who's gonna change Emily's little wood chips and uh, scrape the poop out of her little hutch? <laughs> Do you think there are people who heard that story and they were trying to like communicate with their dogs and like try their best to tell their dogs about Jesus and get them to like bark once, bark <laughs> yeah. once if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What? 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 You were? You were? What? What? You were saying? Who's that? Come here, right, Kevin. Don't, Come here, Kevin. Here, Kevin, Kevin, don't bark if you think that marriage is between one man and one woman's father's goats. Oh. Oh. That's what a dowry was, was that you would uh, acquire both a wife and goats so that the wife would cook you meals and the goats would be your, your friends. You would, you would hang out with them. You'd throw the meat uh. <laughs> throwing the meat. Just throwing the meat. Yeah. Me and the boys throwing the meat. <laughs> yeah. But we've evolved beyond that. Mm. I want to talk about. I want to talk about the the recent protests in London. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I've been reading about. I've been reading about it and I found it very, I don't know. I, the thing is, right. So there was this protest in London, uh, last week by this group called save our rights. Yeah. 
and they did this whole protest against the lockdown. And it's not the first protest they've done, but it's the first big one they've done. And the reason that it made such uh, big news here is because the police were really brutal in their kind of... Uh, like they, Well, first of all, they, they reported to the police before the demonstration saying, we're going to do this demonstration. And the police responded by saying, no, you can't do that because you're not allowed to come out in groups right now because of the pandemic and the lockdown measures. And they were like, that's exactly what we're protesting. So we're going to do it anyway. And then they <laughs> went out and they were like, I don't know how many of them it was, but it wasn't that many, maybe like a thousand or something. It was like a pretty substantial number, but like not like a, it wasn't like fucking the women's March or like the war, the, the demonstration against the war in Iraq or something. And they, uh, they got the shit kicked out of them, some of them, and some other ones were, like, just, you know, like, physically picked up and, like, put into vans and taken away, and loads of them were arrested, including the woman who uh, was one of, like, the founders of this group, Save Our Rights UK. And the thing is, that it's not the first one they've done. They've done one in, uh, in Brighton. Uh, and then, like, there were smaller ones as well. They came up to Scotland at some point. I didn't really hear about it when it happened, but I was reading about it and then saw that they'd gone to Edinburgh or something. I don't remember there being a demonstration in Edinburgh, but I know that there was some sort of anti-lockdown uh, protest here in Glasgow, like, uh, months ago at the height of it. But again, like, no one really takes it seriously. But I was interested in, like, who these people are, because especially the way that the the media represents them it's, I think, like, one of the things that you can't, I, even though I think that it's stupid and selfish, they're, they're very obviously, like, deniers of science and stuff. You know, they don't believe that the coronavirus is real, or they believe it's real. I think that there's not actually consensus on what they believe, but I'm talking about the people who organize the group, Save Our Rights. When I looked at their website, it's like, they obviously acknowledge that there's a virus, but they seem to think from what I can gather from like the scatterbrained text that they put on their website, that there is, uh, that it's not any worse than flu or something like that. You know, that they think that it's like, all you need to do is just like eat more fruit and vegetables and you'll have like a boosted immune system and it won't be so bad. You'll be fine. You know? Uh, but one of the things that's crazy is the way that the, even though these people are obviously, you know, wrong and it's kind of stupid and stuff, you can't help but think, like, oh, look at these people getting the same treatment as uh, someone who's, like, actually, like, the early uh, Black Lives Matter demonstrations over here got really, really, really similar treatment to this. You see the photographs. And one of the crazy things was, I don't know if they did this on purpose or why, but one of the, the on the BBC, when they reported on this protest in London the other day, the photograph... Uh, at the head of the article was a guy holding up a sign that says save our children which made me mm -hmm. think like oh my god it's like QAnon people right uh, and then I was reading about them and it's crazy because they so it's kind of wild right I want to I want to like tell you a little bit about this because I don't know if you saw any of this like I shared some of these 
links with you, but I don't know if you've had a chance to look at them. It's, and there's a lot of it, so I wouldn't expect you to look at it all. Well, you said you wanted to share it with me, Colt, so I didn't look at them, but I just have a feeling that it's not going to be anything that we don't experience here. You know? <laughs> no, definitely not. If anything, they're taking their cues from Americans, you know what I mean? Their cues? Yeah, cue yeah. Anon? Oh, Anon cue? said it. You went there. Podcast, Spaghetti for Brains, is, <laughs> is a coded signal. <laughs> We have confirmation the host dropped Q. He said to take Q. Spaghetti for brains. Spaghetti sauce. Sauce. Gravy. Commandatory. Listen to the commands to make the gravy. Thanksgiving. Trigger time. Thanksgiving. Mask. Episode. Mask off. Take your mask off. We shouldn't wear masks. Shouldn't wear masks. Mascara. Scare a baby. Scaramucci. <laughs> Tony Scaramucci is Q. The Spaghetti for Brains podcast says that Tony Scaramucci is Q. You heard it here folks, first, folks. <laughs> folks, I'm I'm hearing now that the both Anthony Scaramucci and the Spaghetti for Brains podcast are denying that Scaramucci is Q, nor that they ever <laughs> implied that Scaramucci was Q. And uh, so I'm afraid that we have turned on them, and we are going to need you to uh, to call the uh, shop that Ben works at and tell them that he has been exposed to spiders and that how could they possibly hire someone who admits to not taking safety precautions around spiders if supposedly <laughs> safety is what all these laws are about. <laughs> supposedly... They want us to wear masks, but when you have a known spider denier working in your supermarket, my children are supposed to feel safe? I thought this was about freedom. I thought this was about safety. Yeah, but <laughs> what's happening over there? <laughs> yeah, so cue aside. So I looked at their website, and I was, I was kind of surprised because it's got a lot of decent uh like graphic design on it it's not great but it's like it looks really similar to the kind of things that like the nhs or uh like a government body would do and mm -hmm. it's got all these different it's, it's it is a little bit badly organized though with uh all the different tabs and stuff are very confusing so i looked at this one tab that's like issues because i was like i have issues so, you know, maybe I can relate. <laughs> so, and it says here... Issues, yes. I want to know what the issue is. With <laughs> yes, what's exactly. your issue, bro? <laughs> yeah, what's your issue? Um, it says S-O-R-U-K... Soruk, right? Uh, sounds like a, some sort of, like, demon from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Soruk, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, is primarily focused on legislative and human rights issues. Mm. We encourage you to refine your common understanding of the problems, identify actions, build resources, publicize the cause, and engage with others both within this group and elsewhere to action. And the issues that we face, page, it says coronavirus legislation, our government, impact on real lives, COVID vaccination, media bias, and censorship, cashless society. Okay. <laughs> This is a big one. And the thing is, I'm going to talk more about this in a minute because like... Click here to buy my Litecoin. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, is that like, no, 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 it's not that. It's the opposite. They're like worried about the cashless society. They're like uh. pro-cash. 
And this yeah, is the yeah. thing. For gold. Come... Gold. Gold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to come back to this because it's a thing that I encounter at work sometimes. All right. Um, so one of the things that it's saying here is it's saying about like coronavirus legislation that uh, it's explaining the way that that the coronavirus legislation works in a very kind of, it's not very accurate. It's not like, it's not well-written. And again, like, I don't want to be one of these fucking assholes who like grammar shames people. Cause like loads of people who aren't great at writing uh, correct grammar and spelling and stuff like that are still extremely smart people, or they could just be right about the thing they're talking about. I mean, these people mm-hmm. aren't, but they're basically talking about the, the, what the, to make a long story short, just to start off, it's worth just mentioning, if you haven't figured this out already, these are people who don't know shit about politics, who are upset about the lockdown because it affects them personally. They're the kind of people who are like, you don't get to tell me what to do. Why am I being told what to do? You know, and they fucking hate it. They're like really angry that someone is telling them that they can't go out or that if they do go out, they have to wear a mask and that if they, you know, they want to travel somewhere, they can't go like outside of these areas. They hate this shit. They hate being told what to do. And the thing is, is that as much as like the the first instinct is to be like, oh, these fucking dumbass motherfuckers, these stupid people who like are just selfish and want to just do whatever they want to do and don't want to be told anything. It's also kind of partly understandable because why would you trust the government to tell you not to do something? Why would you trust the government to tell you that you can't do something? Why would you trust the government telling you that they want you to be safe? Because they obviously don't give a fuck if you're safe or not, you know what I mean? So like the impulse isn't really wrong in a way. I mean, like I yeah. get it, like I get where they're coming from because it's like these people, This since 2010 when the conservatives came to power, they've like <clears throat> completely and utterly gutted this society, you know, this country is like a much different place than it was before they took over. They've, I mean, you've heard me talk about this before. They introduced these like really sudden and swinging budget cuts, reduced the size of the state. They reduced the welfare state. They streamlined things in a way that made it harder to apply. So it's very off-putting. Theresa May then after uh, David Cameron's conservative government, uh, while she was like uh, when she was uh, like heading the home office, she created the, the 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 hostile environment. Have you ever heard of that? Do you know what that is? I don't think so. Okay, so she created words. this policy called the hostile environment. So they basically make it really fucking terrible and awful and embarrassing and humiliating to come to Britain if you're not just British and have a British passport. They make it like really stressful. They create these crazy lines when you're in the airport and waiting to get to like the customs and everything and to get to the passport control. You have to like, they have people like yelling at you in the line and stuff. And then when they get there, they grill you. And then there's like loads of different things that uh, your your employer has to like constantly, every like certain uh, period of time, they have to keep like getting proof of your eligibility to work if you're not from here. And there's all these other things. And like uh, your landlord has to do it now as well. They have to like check. And they just made it. And also all the different things online where you apply for stuff. It's really complicated. It's really, really vaguely worded. There's millions of steps. And the people you speak to are just fucking rude to you constantly. And that's like a policy that was instituted by Theresa May in like 2015. And it's called the hostile environment, right? No, like they... They like named it that themselves with intent for it to function as you're describing, or this yes. is how critics describe it. This is literally the name of the of the policy 
like Theresa May was the author of this policy. It's called the hostile environment. It's not critics who called it that. It is the people who crafted it call it the hostile environment. Okay. So these same people are now telling you after like letting 130,000 people die of neglect, you know, cause they couldn't get their benefits or whatever, cause they were sanctioned because they weren't able to like go and look for work. And one of the things that they do when you're like uh, applying for, for benefits, like for uh, like job seekers, you know, if you're like unemployed or whatever, and you're looking for a job, one of the things they make you do is go on their website to look for a job. And you have to spend like six or eight hours on their website looking for a job. And let me tell you, there are not enough jobs on that website for you to sit there for six or eight hours looking for them. Mm -hmm. And you're actually wasting time when you could be on like a different website looking for a job, you know, because like where there actually might be jobs. And then one another thing they do is they say that if you get offered a job, you have to be willing to travel for like an hour but the thing is, is that that can mean if you live in like London or something, if you live in the, the outskirts of London, that could be like you could they could expect you to go halfway across the country on a train to go work for minimum wage. And the trains in this country to take a, a train regularly can cost you. I mean, I know that like friends of mine and family members of mine who live near or in London, some of them spend like three or four thousand pounds a year on trains. <laughs> it's like a huge chunk of their income is traveling, right? And if you're making minimum wage, you're only making like 15 or 16,000 pounds a year. If you're spending three or 4,000 of it on getting to and from work, you're literally not making enough money to live. You're making like 12 grand a year. You're, you're literally, it's like, honestly, that isn't even enough money to live on. So it's crazy that they put you in this situation. So that's just all background. They've done all these things. Everybody knows about it. It's especially affected uh, women, especially women of color in this country. They're more likely to have jobs in these industries that they've cut or, or public sector jobs. Another thing, another group of people that have been uh, adversely affected and disproportionately so are uh, people with disabilities. Uh, that, that's, that's most of the people that they've reduced the money for. Uh, they've, th there's been scandals because they've hired private contractors to decide whether someone's fit for work and everything. And they've, they've told people who were like in an iron lung, oh, you're fit for work or whatever, you know, not exactly, but like people who are like very obviously not fit for work have been told that they're fit for work and they have to go look for a job or they're going to have their, their sanction, they're going to be sanctioned and have their money taken away. And in many cases that's happened and those people have died. That's how that 130,000 uh, number came into being. So that's the background against which these things are happening. Obviously, I don't fault these people for going like, fuck these people. I don't believe anything that they say. And I think that the reason that it's evident that they're not just all like Nazis and Q people is that they have like such muddled and confused politics. They basically don't have politics. All that they think is that the government is bad and they're trying to like take away our rights and like have you ever read 1984 you know it's big brother yeah. all over again and one of the things that i found the craziest bit is the section in the issues right our government so i want to read this thing because this is like their kind of political statement all right it, it this is what they're saying is the problem is our government and let me read it to you to understand where the problems lie with our government first we need to look at how it is structured and how it currently works our government is elected into place by first-past-the-post voting once every five years. Not strictly true. They can call an election anytime within those five years. It happens all the time. We've had like three elections in the past five years. But this usually results in one party having the majority of seats. From this one party, they have a leader who is elected by members of that one particular party. 
The leader is not democratically elected by the whole country. Yeah, I mean, that's the parliamentary system, but... Uh. And then there's one leader, once the party wins, who gets to choose who will be sitting in the Secretary of State, uh, who, who's going to be sitting in the... I'm oh, sorry, that's... Yeah, I didn't read that wrong. That's what it says. They're going to be sitting in the Secretary of State. Uh, <laughs> poor fucker. Uh, such as the Home Secretary, <laughs> the Secretary of State for Education, Health, and so on. <laughs> yeah. These are not necessarily people who are qualified for those positions, but merely those that have a working relationship with the current leader of the party. From then on, that party has the majority control over how things go. This means that when votes come to the House, the party with the most people is more likely to get its go, get its go their way because their party will vote for them. Um, again, I don't want to grammar shame anybody. Who cares? They don't have a sub-editor. Fuck them. Whatever. This leads us to ask if the party will vote with them, are they voting for the party or are they voting for the people? And so it's like basically right off the bat, the first like section of this thing is like, Oh yeah, constitutional uh, monarchy is uh, is not is not like representative democracy, and it's like I don't really understand. Like, like did they think that we lived in like a representative democracy? You know what I mean? Because it's like we it's it isn't like a direct democracy. You know, this is just the way that these things work. And then they talk about like the party whips and everything. They talk about uh, uh, how party politics works, right? So. They, they basically say that, like, you know, the people getting nominated for the jobs are not the best people for the job, necessarily. They're just the people most loyal to the leader of the ruling party, which is true. Yeah. <clears throat> and this is something that uh, is a thread you see in all manner of conspiracy theory, conspiratorial sort of thinking, is that it all does stem from some sort of true related basis, some sort of real obvious grievance uh it's true in what you've been describing with these anti-government people but i mean it's the same a lot of the anti-vaccine sentiment i hear from a lot of people um is a distrust of big pharma and it's like yes by all means distrust big pharma yeah, they don't give a fuck they, about you they would do anything you know to like but like big pharma is not the only uh, body at play here. You know, there's the scientific community. No one in the scientific community, there was never scientific consensus saying that OxyContin was not as addictive as other opioids. That right. was the pharmaceutical industry, you know? <laughs> uh, and yeah, you could point to that and, and say, but like, that doesn't indict the entire system of science and manufacturing right. that went into OxyContin. It's just the distribution and promotion and stuff like that. You can point to these, the, the, the devious and, you know, distrustful, like, you know, uh, actions that the pharmaceutical companies engage in, but that's not necessarily a reason that you should throw out all related science per se. Right, right. However, I've heard that argument many times from a lot of people, you know, like one of my friends who's, uh, who's, uh, an advocate against, um, for vaccine awareness and whatnot. Um, they are married to a pharmacist. So that like that person is like very anti-pharma, you know, mm, like because yeah. they see a lot of the, the the retail end of it essentially, you know. And it's understandable. You see the same thing with the Pizzagate people and the Save Our Children and stuff like that. Mm. A lot of it is obvious misunderstanding of things and the media has their role to play in it, but 
it obviously comes from a a, a real place <laughs> of a real crisis that over the last several years in, with this like uh, Pizzagate sort of anti-pedophile thing in particular has certainly had its strongest moment in the light with the Steens, your boys, Jeffrey Epstein and Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, they focused a little more on the Steen aspect of that than who they are. And they focused a little more on the they were friendly with like Hillary Clinton and other like prominent famous rich people and stuff right, like that, exactly. you know, uh, instead of, you know, like delving into the connections they may have with other people and things like uh, there was a lot to work with there. There's a lot of questions. And the more we looked into it, the more questions it seemed to raise. And yet I don't see a lot of the e- effort and energy. I don't see really any effort and energy from this particular faction, the Q people, the Save Our Children people, these particular people. I don't see them clamoring much about Jeffrey Epstein, and I never did. And I certainly don't see them talking about the Hollywood connection, like the connections in Hollywood and media that allowed Harvey Weinstein to predate the way that he did beyond talking about their connections with the Democratic Party. Everything's become so politicized in this conversation that it's all just anti-Democrat, anti-Hillary. And again, part of that has a basis. Like Bill Clinton, you know, like rightfully has been getting away with a lot of stuff, you know. Um, but like, again, it's like, how are we going to have a conversation about Bill Clinton when you're spending all your time telling me that Hillary Clinton is worshiping Moloch and running child pedophiles from the basement of a pizza restaurant? Right. It's like, we know that these networks of powerful pedophiles exist, but you're not willing to look too deeply into it because half of your argument is that Republicans aren't at fault. Like, right. uh, so, so like but, you, 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 you fight the actual conversation that we want to have. Cause I can't talk about Bill Clinton being a pedophile without having to own all of pizza game. Yeah, yeah. I can't talk about, I can't enter into a, conversation about both vaccines being safe and pharmaceutical industries being deceptive, you know, it's difficult. And like, now we've got these, uh, anti-government things where it's like, I'm no, I'm not telling you to blindly question everything that the government tells you or anything the government tells you, but you shouldn't let your anti-government bias be so strong that you also don't listen to them when they're saying something about safety that other non-governmental people are agreeing with. I've long had this issue with conspiracies that they come from a kernel of truth and they render that truth, something that's no longer able to be discussed right. without having to own all the r- related things with, uh, of the conspiracy. And on that point, because, like, a lot of the things that you're talking about specifically with, like, Weinstein and, like, Clinton and Epstein and everything, that doesn't obtain in this because they're not really doing that. They're not – I mean, I think that – I have a friend who was at one of their demos <laughs> down uh, – not in London, uh, in, like, a smaller city. And they said that they met people there from, like, a vast – swathe of the different kind of beliefs, you know, the, the panoply of beliefs, right? There were people there who were definitely into Q and Save Our Children and all that shit. But then there were people there who were just like not, who just had like muddled ideas. And that's why I wanted to, so, because they have like a whole other bit here now where it's like, how do we change this, like I, this government system and stuff, right? And this is the thing is that like, this is where it shows 
that you like, this is the thing that's interesting to me about them as opposed to like your average crank, right? Is that they, they're trying to like come up with an answer and it's, I, I just want to read it to you. Cause it's, it's, I'd want to see what you think about this. Right. Cause they're not like venturing into like completely nut job conspiracy, but it's just like, it's just half baked, but let's, let me just read it to you. Yeah. First of all, we will propose that we get rid of party politics and MPs because both are outdated and obsolete. Nothing to, nothing to argue with there, right? There was an element where they were necessary back in the day before communication <laughs> took on its leaps and bounds. Now, in the day of modern technology, they're unnecessary as a source of information. They no longer serve the purpose of representing the people. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know who gets their information from MPs, but, uh, you know, like, yeah, but I get, I get it, okay? What we propose is something completely different. We would propose that secretaries of, as states, I think, I think they mean secretaries of state, um, are voted directly into their roles. This would mean that people would apply to a secretary of state role, such as secretary of state for health, on the basis of their own personal qualifications. This could be that they're a consultant, or the, a consultant is what they call like a senior doctor here, um, or they have had experience working in care homes, in hospitals, or some other criteria that would lend itself to the job. They would then present their own manifesto, for which they would then be personally responsible for. If during their term this wasn't adhered to, then it would be very easy for them to do their job and be held accountable because they wouldn't be protected by party politics. I mean, that's muddled the way that they've worked the worded this. But you know what I mean? They're saying like they want like direct democracy where like there's yeah. they just want to like, uh, you know, have people vote in their secretaries of state, you know, into these different yeah. jobs. Um uh, we would also decentralize as much of the governance as possible, giving local control to local areas so that people would be able to get involved and have a say. We would have mechanisms in place to challenge any laws that are passed that people do not agree with and where people can make suggestions for future governance. These would be given due consideration. Further than that, we recognize that we need to go further than just political governance. We need to reform the banking system, the taxation system, the healthcare system, and the education system. One of the, it's like, you're like, it's, it's the funniest thing about this is that it's like listening to the ramblings of like a, uh, of like a teenager who's like aware of that things are bad and that we're like ruled by like a ruling class of people who are like fucking not just like don't have our best interests at heart, but are actually incompetent. But it's like, they've never heard of <laughs> class. You know what I mean? It's like, they've never, they've never in their life, like heard that there was like a way of looking at the world with like a class analysis, but one of the things to change is to bring politics into the national curriculum so that people really get to grips and understand what's going on, know how to get involved, and are keen to get involved because it's part of their life as they grow up. Another issue with our current government is that they can be corrupt and controlled by corporations. This change happened when corporations started earning more money than the government did in taxes. <laughs> money is power that has seeped into our current political system, and it's something that needs to be taken care of, which is where we propose to do it with the aforementioned new voting system. <laughs> I love this. They're dancing around so many I know, ideas. I know. It's funny. This, happened, this change happened oh, when corporations man. started earning more money than the government did in taxes. It's yeah. like, man, you got it the wrong way around. It's like the government <laughs> exists the way it does so that these people can make money. And also, if we were to directly elect our secretaries of state, it would be an even more politically uh, influenced process. These guys are very much... Uh, describing a lot of American government ideals. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. 
It's funny because it sounds like the Trump administration and stuff like that just here. people coming and going, you know what I mean? Like every every few months or whatever. I don't like the way this one's going. It's like, you know, that's exactly how Trump's administration runs. They also on their website have like these really terrible, like heartbreaking testimonials of people who've been affected by the lockdown because they want to like end the lockdown. They don't believe that anybody should be made to, yeah. you know, they, they think that they shouldn't have to wear a mask. And, like, they're talking about people who have been, like, stuck in lockdown without access to, like, public services and stuff or who have, like, disabilities or someone has died or something not to do with coronavirus. They've died in some other way. And they're just left with no support and they're alone and it's fucking heartbreaking. And you're like, I, it's like they don't have an imminent critique of capitalism that makes any of this shit make sense. So as well as like dealing with these like material conditions, they're also just like in the dark looking for an answer, looking for a way to make it make sense. And it fucking doesn't. It just looks like the world shitting on you. It looks like all these people at the top of the pile just shitting downhill on you and everybody else around you believing that that's the way it should be. And I completely sympathize with that view. I mean, it's like, I, I get it. I know, I know how that feels, you know, where you're like, what the fuck, man? Why are people taking this shit? But it's like not the mask mandate. You know what I mean? If anything, yeah. in, in this country, the fucking things that they do, the government has done, they're trying so hard to not have to do what they need to do to keep people safe. Just like in the States, yeah. it's the same. They're trying so hard to keep all the businesses open. They're trying so hard to just like make it so that people spend money. They're doing that like a uh, governor Cuomo thing where they're like yeah. telling you like, uh, Oh, these things are open. You can go traveling. You can go do this thing. But if you do, you know, uh, you know, you got fat cause you ate the cheesecake. You know what I mean? It's like that. It's yeah, yeah. the Cuomo thing, you know, like victim blaming basically. Meanwhile, he, sh the other day he, they allowed a, a testing site to get shut down so that the She's All That remake can get shut. Oh yeah, I heard about that. But they've 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 gone back on that now, haven't they? They rescinded the I decision. don't know. How is it ever even I know. <laughs> like uh, it's bad enough that they did it. It's just so ridiculous. Like it's just so absurd. Yeah. That we uh we don't deal with like the the just obvious realities of what's going on. Uh yeah. It's it's crazy because like I I know I know I mean the the lockdown is tough as well without like the government giving people money like they should be they should be introducing like a universal basic income in the meantime because I mean there was a there was a report um, done by the Office for Budget Responsibility here um, it's like they did some modeling on what another like long lockdown would do. Uh, you know, if if they kept the parts of England in uh, the top tier of restrictions, because it's like there's there's tiers of restrictions here. Uh, if they mm. if it lasted into the spring, they said that it would cause an 11.3 percent drop in real GDP over 2020. I mean, that's like a <laughs> catastrophic economic downturn, you know, I mean, on top of the one that we've already got. Yeah, but I mean, it's also like uh, so many people work in the service economy. Uh, at least in America, I'm sure it's like that it's over the there area. too. Like we we don't like uh, produce or manufacture all that much anymore, uh, and so that's all grind to a halt. And uh, no one has the resources to make it through. People are surviving because of 
certain drastic steps that are going to expire, like the rent, like there's a moratorium on evictions that's about to expire. Same Can't here. wait same to here. see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoo, that'll be a fun time. Um, but yeah, thankfully, we're hopefully going to have this uh, vaccine soon to... Just take this out of our hands mm-hmm. because we're not uh, like many things. We're not up for this challenge. And then we will memory hole all of our conflict and the fact that half the people, you know, because of these <laughs> reasons we're describing, resisted doing anything. And uh, our leaders were all woefully inadequate. You know, like, the you know, Cuomo will ride this and his book that he's published uh yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, to yeah, great exactly. success it's like thousands of people are dying and he'll like go run for president or something and we'll memory hold this just like we did people's support for the iraq war and whatnot yeah. uh and move on and go back to like you know the world burning from australia out uh what what's the crack with the uh, with the uh, uh the vaccine over there because i mean they're introducing it in england next week so, yeah, I mean, it's tough to tell what they what anyone ever means by uh, like timelines and officially introducing and stuff. They've applied for rushed approval. Like, I can't I don't know if they've gotten it yet or not, but they'll get it soon and uh, they'll start distributing it soon. It's going to go to healthcare workers first and the elderly. Uh, but the current ones, I believe, are multiple there's like multiple stages to it and the hospital here is getting both of the current new ones, but yeah. it'll still probably be like midsummer, late summer before like you or I probably get access to yeah. it. I imagine. Well, I mean, I, I think that because I'm uh, a key worker, I'll, I'll probably be able to get it sooner than, than average. Uh, but I don't know if they're rolling it out in Scotland. Yet That's either, what you think. I think. I'm not sure if it's only England or if it's all over the UK, but England is like the first, European country to get it. Uh, they're the first ones rolling it out. And it's, um, and obviously these save our rights people are like, uh, horrified by their, their vaccine skeptics. You know, they think a lot of the people who make up the movement before the lockdown and before coronavirus, they were already like anti-vaxxers, uh, some of the leaders and stuff. And it's funny because when you yeah. watch, like, the, most of what happens doesn't happen on that website. Like, they wrote, like, all this crazy text, like I just read to you. There's so many pages of that. Like, I read one section of one page yeah. of their website. There's, like, so much of it. So that's what makes me think they're not grifters is that they're, like, I think that they're genuinely, like, saying this stuff in good faith. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's just misguided. And it's because they have no class analysis. They don't. I mean, I'm not saying. Like, here's the thing. I'm not saying that everybody has to be a communist, okay? Uh, I'm a communist, but I'm not, not everybody has to be a communist. But you, I mean, if you have no way of understanding, if you have like no analysis at all, like no way of understanding what's happening, that must make the world look just so fucking crazy and scary. And that's why they say things like I looked on their Facebook page because that's where they do most of their actual engagement online is through this, this Facebook group. They have a page and a group. And they, uh, they, they're constantly doing Facebook Live. And I sat down for like 20 minutes and watched one of their rambling Facebook things. And they were talking about the, the protest and getting arrested and stuff. And they were describing it as brutality, intimidation. But then they even went further and started calling it like guerrilla warfare. They were describing like the riot cops as being like 
it was like being Nazi Germany or the Stasi. And at one point, one of the guys, <laughs> the dude talking, described the like the heavy-handed crackdown on their protest as an atrocity. <laughs> it was like, come on, man, an atrocity. Like, yeah, it's like you obviously have never read about any atrocities. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, they weren't like beating your fucking heads in. There wasn't like a bloods weren't like the the streets weren't like running red with blood or anything like that. You know, <laughs> like I just I don't know, man. They, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's not really going to matter what the truth is. It's what the symbol is. Right, right, yeah. Just like uh, I've been saying this whole time that the reality of what the results of this election in America are don't matter. Right. It's the, it's the controversy. The controversy is what's going to shape history. Right. It's, it's that a certain group of people will always look at this election as being stolen and another larger group of people will look at democracy as being flawed one way or another, mm. whether it's because they believe the election was stolen or because they just see how muddled the process and the information was. And these are going to be uh, lasting ramifications that I don't think are going to be addressed to be made better in any way. No, no, I know. <laughs> and this is the thing is like I... I, but one of the things that, that annoys me about the way that people talk about these kinds of people, though, is like you have to be self-critical as well. Because one of the things that, I, I, like I said, like I'm aware that when I talk about communism or something, it's going to sound crazy to someone who's never met a, a communist or like said that they were out loud. But not having like an understanding of like the fundamental basis of what makes these things happen you know, of the idea of like, uh, of class is like, they, they don't yeah. see themselves even when they articulate like a sort of vague, they're, they're kind of edging towards a kind of class consciousness where they have like, but it gets, uh, denigrated into this very crude us and them. That's, um, that sort of misses the point, you know? But the thing is, is that so do fucking libs, man. Like libs do the mm -hmm. same thing. Like they, they also, if you think that if we only just voted in the right person that things would be better then like you're also as fucking stupid as these people do you know what I mean like yeah. you don't know shit either I mean like they might be dumb and not understand how government works and might want to like have like a fucking you know uh, like 60 million person zoom chat where we all like put our hands up and vote for who's gonna be the fucking secretary of health and run the NHS based on like the fucking <laughs> the CV that they gave us but like what do you think what do you think like fucking voting for Joe Biden is you know what I mean I don't know like it's it's not gonna make the, I mean that is the same thing if you think that there's someone out there who can do the job of like mobilizing class power for us then you also are like misguided and don't really understand. And maybe you just have like a more sophisticated and complicated sounding answer. And maybe you have like more understandings of like the actual machinations of politics as they are. But that doesn't make you mm -hmm. any closer to being right than these people are. And I think that's like a huge, important point. So I think like eventually we're going to have to talk to people like this and get try to get them to see things through the filter of, you know, like a like a class analysis, you know, they need to understand that they're part of a class. They're not the ones who own stuff. They're the ones who have to work to produce it for someone else. And that's an important, that's an important distinction. And it's like, uh, not that complicated, really. I mean, there's a lot of complicated parts to it when you start like applying it to events in motion, but 
I don't know. But I mean, maybe we should like start closing uh, the conversation down and as like a little little cherry on the top of the cake. Why don't we have a look at... Uh... <laughs> Boing! <laughs> the cake sags down. Speaking of sagging down, Joe Biden fractures his foot after slipping while playing with his dog. His dog, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> So you gotta, uh, you gotta, you gotta pet the dog. Uh, back in the day, they used to, they used to want a good dog for fighting. You used to, you used to chain him up under the, uh, under the porch there. You'd throw pumpkins at him after Halloween. And the dog, they'd, uh, you'd hit him with the pumpkin and, uh, they'd be mad at you, but, the, but then they'd eat the pumpkin and, uh, we said it made him stronger. We said the orange, the orange dog bites. Uh, I said to Kevin, I'm I said, Kevin, I'm going to heaven. And he said, well, you're not going without me. You know? yeah. <laughs> and he tapped me to the ground. And I, I, got my, I got my arm around him and I was, I was punching him in the, in the, in the maw. And then uh, I realized I had to slip and hurt my foot. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> where's, where's, they can strong in in the bones in this country. <laughs> you have strong bones. <laughs> and, uh, talking to my, my daughter, my my son, my, talking to Jill, doctor, my wife there. <laughs> so, was he telling me that osteoporosis? can be cured within our lifetimes. <laughs> and I said, that's great. Uh, yeah. How many pints of milk do you think that he's downed since he broke his foot thinking that that's going to heal it? He's like, I got to get my, my vitamin D. And, uh, <laughs> oh, God. He's going to be wearing the boot, man. Das boot. Yeah, and is it oh man, what if he's like on crutches for the inauguration? Awesome. That'll be fucking <laughs> I cannot wait to I'm calling it right now that uh I mean it's not a very hot take, but like the faces Trump will make during the inauguration will be memed. <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. Trump at the inauguration meme will be a thing. Melania like smiling. <laughs> I can't wait till Melania runs for president. Yeah, me too. I also can't wait to see the two of them on stage together, Trump and Biden. Uh, you know, like hand doing the handover, and like one of them is wearing like a little booty, and he's got a crutch, and the other one's wearing a diaper. You know? <laughs> 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 I love it. It's just like it's 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 you know what the visual symbolism is so perfect for what America's become. It's just like, <laughs> like shit in its pants, breaking its feet, and just uh, everything is going to pot, and no one knows what's going on because they're senile, but everybody's standing around, swearing on a book, hoping that they get pulled up, worried that their dogs are going to get left behind. <laughs> That's America. Victory! <laughs> Unity! Oh, yes. 
Oh, I guess we should leave it on that note and say goodbye. Um, they want to they want to pull me to the left. <laughs> if you're 80 years old, you, you pull me too hard. Got arthritis. Can't pull on me. We're going to start a throughout this Green New Deal. America is going to go back to work. It's going to be fun work. Work Americans want to do. Might be uh, near Tannen uh, is going to speak to you about uh, the Coulage. <laughs> New initiative near Tannen and uh, that WeWork woman I hired. Or the uh, in Quibi. I brought together the forces of Meg Whitman from Quibi. These WeWork idiots, the WeWork landlords, and near Tandon, they come up with this idea of Kulag. It's gonna save, it's gonna save America, save Hollywood at the same time. Kulag. <laughs> Release the Kulak! <laughs>